Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life with Terry podcast with your host, Terry Malachi. I am excited that we are continuing with our subject of the invention of the gods. And I believe that you're going to learn a lot on today's episode. Uh, I'm not going to do a lot of intro today. I'm just going to dive into the topic of the day. Uh, in the previous episode, we talked about the identification of the building blocks that were elevated to the godship status. Uh, we talked about the naming of those gods and goddesses and uh, personification of the gods and uh, the building of the temples for the gods in order to host the gods and to assign priests and prophets and whoever was uh, considered uh, important to occupy the temples in order to take care of the gods. So today we are going to talk about the rituals that were performed for the gods. I hope, uh, I believe that through this episode you will be able to understand the reason why emphasis is placed on worship and praise um, in various religions. You will be able to have an appreciation of why religious people are always in the mood to worship God and to praise God. And I also want to connect the dots between the blood ritual that was performed through Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ through his death and how that relate to the blood rituals that were performed in the ancient times when they were uh, performing rituals for the gods. The question is why were the rituals performed uh, for the gods? Why were their rituals performed inside the temples by uh, ancient people? Uh, they were performed to appease the gods, to invoke the energy of the gods. Uh, remember we said that the idols or the images were used to invoke the energy of the gods because they could not access or carry their sun with them uh, the only way possible was to just invoke the energy of the gods they were performed to ask favor from the gods uh, and to ask for blessings and forgiveness from the gods and uh, also to make offerings for the gods in exchange of blessings or in exchange of um, cleansing of the sins or whatever favor they needed uh, from the gods. Uh, there were sin offerings and grain offering, uh, ordained offerings, guilt offering, peace offering, um, bent offering. There were different types of offerings that were uh, given to the gods so it was um busy during those days um i think the the 
animal sacrifices, offerings alone, I believe, are contributed towards the uh, high amount of spending. Uh, so if you did not have um, livestock, I don't know how you were able to appease the gods. I don't know how you were able to live your life <clears throat> fully knowing that you cannot uh, uh, make offerings or perform rituals for the gods. Uh, what were the different types of rituals uh, that we performed for the gods? Uh, we had sacrificing of animals. Uh, different types of animals were used for the gods. If the temple, for example, was um, managed by priests or prophets or officials, then they had the power to um, tell people the kind of animals that the gods needed. They were the ones who were responsible for uh, announcing that the gods need a bull, the gods need a donkey. No, no, <laughs> they didn't use a donkey. <laughs> I'm not aware of uh, animal sacrifices that included donkeys. Um, it was bulls, it was uh, sheep, it was uh, uh, chicken, it was... Um, uh, goat, um, but not a uh, 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 donkey. <laughs> and then there were sacrifices uh, of humans. Um, human sacrifices, it's not a new thing. It's a, not a new concept. It was common in the ancient times. Uh, presentation of food, presentation of incense, uh, worship using songs and poetry and uh, the use of prayer using words and songs that were composed by artists during that time were used um, to perform the rituals for the god. Let me unpack the rituals of animals and um, human sacrifices. What was the significance or the objective of sacrificing animals and human beings? Uh, animal and uh, human sacrifices included the use of the blood of the sacrificed animal or the blood of the human being sacrificed. In some cases, uh, different parts of the animal or the body of a human being uh, was used to perform the rituals. Ancient uh, people believed that the gods sacrificed their own blood uh, to create uh, heaven and earth. They believed that for the gods to be able to create wonders and uh, to have power, they sacrificed their own blood and uh, used some of their body parts to create. That was the common belief um, in ancient days. Uh, so 
in, 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 in response to the sacrifices that they believed were performed by the gods, they used the blood uh, from the animal or from human beings as a token of appreciation for the sacrifices that the gods made. So it was just a token of saying thank you for sacrificing your own blood. Here is a shedding of blood in your favor. Um, oh, the other thing is that the offering of the animal and human sacrifices was believed to enhance the power of the gods um, so that the gods can continue to create in favor of human beings. Uh, in other words, they wanted to make sure that uh, the crops uh, were continuing to grow, will continue to grow. Uh, there will be rain. There will be um, agriculture will continue to thrive, and people will be healed, and uh, people will prosper. The the economy will do well if they exchanged. Um, the blood ritual with the uh, the gods so it was just a way of saying please continue doing what you're doing I guess they believe that if they stopped using um, if they stopped the ritual of blood uh, the gods will stop uh, creating on behalf of human beings so certain parts of the body uh, of the human being sacrificed or of the animal being sacrificed were also presented as offerings to the gods because they also believed that the gods needed um, this parts of the body like the heart to uh, enhance their power, to enhance their ability to create in favor of human beings. In addition, the blood was used to ask for forgiveness or to cleanse sins or deal with karma. Okay, why ask for forgiveness from the gods? Um, they, the, the ancient people believed that the presence or occurrence of bad events such as storm, floods, uh, pandemics, uh, droughts, famine, civil war, and so forth were a sign uh, that the gods were angry with human beings. It's very interesting that even today, uh, religious people um, are quick to make statements such as God is angry uh, when um, we have pandemics or, you know, uh, life challenges, they are too quick to say, go back to God, uh, ask for forgiveness from God, and he will heal. So it's something that has been happening for, 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 for a long time. Uh, human beings are subjects of the gods. They believe that they are subjects of the God. They believe that gods can do whatever they want, whatever they please. So you exist at the mercy of God.
So even today, it is still something that is um, believed in Christianity as well. If you remember uh, during COVID, if you were paying attention, a lot of Christians were saying that um, in addition to them believing that Jesus Christ was coming, it was the end of this world, uh, they also believed that God was uh, angry, was not happy with the way human beings are behaving. Um, yeah, so we have this very uh, egotistical God that gets angry and decide, I'm going to destroy people with a virus. The things that we uh, entertain with our minds just so that we can keep religion alive or to answer questions, they, they are mind-blowing, I must say. So why use blood to ask for forgiveness? Um, they knew that there is life in the blood, uh, not only life, but innocent life that has the ability to cleanse, especially when they use animal blood. Uh, they believed that unlike a human being, uh, the blood of an animal um, is, is clean, you know, it's innocent and therefore has the power to cleanse karma or to cleanse sin. And when you present that animal to, to the gods, you are saying that um, my sins are cleansed with this animal or look at this animal, receive it um, as a token of sacrifice for cleansing my blood. I mean, for cleansing my sins, rather. So, killing of specific animals was a symbol of cleansing of their sins and cancelling karma. And they believed that after the sacrifices, the gods will um, create in favor of, of the human beings. Um, let me tell you something, uh, people you shall reap what you sow, okay? It doesn't matter how many times you kill animals out there. You will reap what you sow. That is the principle of creation. You get what you give in life. Um, you cannot go around this principle. You will go through it whether you like it or not. You must just correct your past if you want to fix karma, you know? Um, I speak about this in Principles and Tools of Creation. No amount of blood shedding, even human being blood shedding, um, uh, it, it is a concept or a belief that was created by ancient people that we continue to use. I mean, in Christianity, for example, they believe that the blood of Jesus Christ, the shedding of um, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed the sins or it heals or it does whatever it, it's got power so you you see where this uh belief system began you see where the rituals uh began uh i will talk about this later um so it was it was um rituals that included humans it was rituals that included animals here is a twist here is a twist listen to this when you are a believer you are quick to applaud 
the human sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And you are quick to demonize and um, uh, 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 speak bad about those who are doing animal sacrificed, uh, sacrifices on behalf of their ancestors. But you, on the other hand, you feel like you are excluded from the negative energy of killing animals, the negative energy of um, using the blood of a human being. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, there is a verse in the Bible that talks about Abraham uh, obeying the call of sacrificing his only son to appease God Yahweh. In Genesis uh, 22 we read about God Yahweh instructing Abraham to kill and use his only son Isaac as a band offering so now you connect the dots I spoke about how ancient people believed that the use of the blood and certain parts of the body of a human being uh, is sufficient to ask for favor from the gods, is sufficient to um, send uh, praises and worship in exchange for the sacrifices that were made uh, by the gods. And also it is used to enhance the power of the gods. Let me read the verse for you. Uh, Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to 14. Um, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, 
and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy, or do not do anything to him, for now I know what you fear. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So the um, I'm done with the scripture. So it was a very long scripture that just uh, explained how Abraham was about to heed the call of killing his only son um, in order to uh, make him a burnt offering to God Yahweh. This scripture is used by many pastors uh, today in churches during sermons. Uh, they use it to preach about obedience to God and uh, having faith in God. So it is a common speech, uh, scripture. It is a famous scripture. And um, they, they also use this uh, scripture to encourage others to trust and obey God. And uh, when I was a believer, uh, honestly, I embraced these kinds of sermons without shame um, I remember when you listen to this kind of sermons, you will, uh, you, you will go before God and say, like Abraham, Father God, I'm giving you everything I have. I am obe I'm obeying your, your rules, your laws, your commandment. Um, yeah. And I, I present myself as a living sacrifice. In fact, there is a song or a couple of songs that talks about us as believers uh, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. So you see that that concept of uh, human sacrifice, it continues, even if today is a bit light, but it's still embedded within us. We still feel like, we need to present ourselves as sacrifices. The, 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 the only problem is that we don't understand where it started. We don't understand the conception of this uh, ritual of animal and human sacrifice. What I gather from this story is that the practice of human sacrifice for the gods was a common uh, ritual in the past. Uh, you can see from Abraham's reaction that he was familiar with this blood ritual or human sacrifice ritual. His reaction was not in any way of a person who found the request to be strange. He did not ask why 
God, Yahweh, wanted him to sacrifice his only son, he was ready and prepared to kill his only son. Um, yeah, what kind of a parent would <laughs> agree to sacrifice his only son? And imagine if you are the son to Abraham and you realize that my father wanted to commit uh, murder, you know, for God. He wanted to kill me for God. How does that relationship continue to be healthy? I, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get that part of the story from the Bible. But it's, it's very strange. So human sacrifice was a common uh, thing for the gods uh, in ancient times. Uh, and again, what kind of human beings are we? Uh, what kind of human beings are we to applaud and justify blood ritual that involve the killing of a human being? How do we even convert a horrific and disgusting story like this and make a sermon out of it? How do we get excited when the pastors preach this in church? And we don't ask. We don't raise our, our brows. We are just okay. We clap hands. We celebrate. We continue to say he's holy. He's worthy of all praise and honor. And he's a God who wants blood, human blood. Really, guys, are we that indoctrinated? Is indoctrination that bad? that we lack the capacity to ask questions, to say, wait a minute, mm -mm, something is not right. You cannot kill your only son. For a God? Really, guys? And we wonder why we continue to have human trafficking related to human sacrifices happening in this day because there are billions of human beings Harboring this energy, applauding this energy, acknowledging this energy and thinking that it's okay. You know, there's something about religion. It makes you uh, condemn the same activity when it's done by other people. But when it's done by your God, you automatically feel that it is okay. It is justified. And some of the bad Sangomas are proud to speak publicly that they help their clients to get rich, to get power by performing ugutwala uh, or rituals with the blood of relatives or blood of human beings. I think animal sacrifice and human sacrifice pe performed for blessing is a similar concept uh, that is used today. Um, um, it is a well-known concept and people are not even hiding it anymore. And uh, why would they hide it? I mean, maybe from their side, they are looking and thinking, hmm, I mean, Christianity is using the same thing. They are okay with the death of Jesus Christ. They are publicly uh, proclaiming that they are using the blood of Jesus Christ. 
They are drinking the blood of Jesus Christ during Holy Communion. They are eating the flesh of Jesus Christ during Holy Communion. And this blood is giving them power. And this blood is giving them blessings. And they access God with this power. And some of them, proudly so, they use this name to curse others. You know, you see it on social medias, uh, media. So it is, it, is, it is like who condemns who because everybody is doing the same thing. It's just that some are just feeling good about it because it was presented by um, uh, missionaries and uh, some are condemning it because it's being done by black people. Oh my goodness, it is, it is amazing. It is very interesting. Um, so the animal or human sacrifices for blessings, it is not a blessing. It is a transaction. You know, our ancestors believed that the gods don't need material wealth like human beings do. However, they believed that they need the energy in the blood. The energy in the blood is also ranked according to the species or the type of animal being killed. Um, on the one hand, you condemn this. And on the other hand, in your subconscious Christian mind, you carry the energy that applauds and approve human sacrifice that is done for God, Yahweh. I want you to think about what you are doing. I want you to think about the impact of what you're doing. Uh, we, we're very sick. We need healing. You know, you wonder why some of the extremists who worship Yahweh are comfortable to kill, they're comfortable to curse, they're comfortable to insult for Yahweh. You know, they harbor the energy of killing without shame. We need to seriously unpack the energy that we harbor by connecting to the energy of the gods and the energy of the God that is presented to us. Read your Bible and see the truth. It is not hidden, you know. And, and, and I think some of the powerful and horrific things are done in public. They are not hidden. They are there for everybody to see. But for some reason, we don't have the ability to comprehend the amount of damage they are doing. We don't have the ability to see the amount of damage they're inflicting on the society. Fortunately, when you are enlightened, you notice that what Abraham was willing to do was horrific. It was barbaric. It was diabolic. And therefore, you cannot in any way accept that as right. In your right mind, you cannot sit and clap hands and celebrate a parent wanting to kill his or her son for a God. Yeah? Regardless of the fact that it was a test from God Yahweh, it still shows that Abraham was willing to do that because it was something that he was familiar with. It was something that ancient people were doing because they were trying to figure out life. They were 
so blinded by this hunger to please the God, hunger to find favor from the God or from the gods, not knowing that as human beings, we are gods. We have power. We have the ability to create and co-create with the creator. We are not created to be subject of a God. We are not created to bow down. We are not created to worship or praise the gods. We are not created to perform rituals on behalf of the gods. The gods which were invented by human beings in response to answering questions of who created us? How did things get created? Who on earth would kill their own children for a God? And I believe that this verse was one of the programming codes that was used to indoctrinate Christians to easily accept the ritual of the blood of Jesus Christ. Christians go around demonizing the blood ritual of animals and human beings, yet they themselves are a product of a human sacrifice. I sometimes feel like the same energy or concoction that is used to blind the millions of churchgoers who follow these prophets like chihuahuas is the same concoction that religion is, is using on believers. Seriously, I, I'm thinking that. How do I not question the ritual of human sacrifice? How do I celebrate the idea that a father gave up his only begotten son so that we can all be cleansed? How do I not see that there is something wrong with the fact that Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son for a God, but condemn those who are sacrificing other human beings, including their relatives, for wealth? I mean, this is just beyond indoctrination. This is very deep. Christians think that the concept of a human sacrifice through Jesus is a special and unique concept. It is not. It is bad. The truth is the blood ritual of Jesus Christ serves to achieve three things. To cleanse the sins or to take care of karma, to create a channel of communicating between God, Yahweh, and the people to access blessings like the ritual of Ugutwala. The fact that you are using the blood of a human being to access healing, riches, and blessings, you are following the same principle, the, the same principles that is used in the world to access blessings, especially wealth and power. The only difference is that Christians are not the ones who actually committed the killing. It was done on their behalf. The killing and shedding of blood of Jesus was done for them as it is written in the Bible. So Christians are comfortable to perform a ritual of drinking the blood of Jesus Christ and the flesh and eating the flesh of Jesus Christ. You know, during a ritual called a Holy Communion, you, you know, we, they give us uh, wine, red wine, non-alcoholic in some churches, and they give us a cracker, a biscuit to represent the flesh. And, and spiritually, this is deep. Physically, you may look at, this, look at it as a very simple thing. I mean, it is wine, it is a cracker, 
no harm is done but the actual performance of this ritual it's very spiritual it means that you believe that you can drink somebody's blood it be, it means that you can believe that you can eat somebody's flesh flesh and be okay with with that ritual when programmed you behave like a robot because you are programmed to behave and react a certain way your emotions are controlled your thoughts are controlled your ability to be rational is switched off i feel sick in my stomach it is abnormal how do you pray against something that you are already approving in your subconscious programmed mind prayers are being nullified by our own subconscious minds never mind the fact that you are giving power to a god and then go back and pray for the same power that you've given up but the fact that you believe that it is okay when abraham kills it is okay when a god allow the killing of his son in fact we are made to believe that he gave up jesus christ on our behalf and then you condemn the same acts being done by others it does not make sense it it gives me superiority vibes it gives me we are better than you we have the right to commit certain things but you don't have we are immune from being condemned for doing certain things but we can condemn you for doing certain things so in addition to the blood of animals special incense and food were prepared for gods the incense was made for plants and herbs uh it was made from plants and herbs rather herbs are known to have the ability to invoke energy and to cleanse the atmosphere um plants have power that is that is the truth plants they have energetic power they can be used to heal they can be used to cleanse the atmosphere they can be in, used to invoke energy so they used the herbs the concoction to invoke the energies of the gods history tells us that the egyptians specialized in growing trees and plants that were used to make incense they were successful in this field that they even supplied the ingredients to neighboring countries who needed incense for their gods um let us now discuss the ritual of praise and worship so in addition to the animal and human sacrifices and uh, the incense and herbs and food um rituals that were done in favor of the gods the ancient people used the ritual of praise and worship i think this is by far the best ritual compared to other rituals because it used words you know you don't have to waste or spend money uh doing praise and worship all you needed was a composer who will write a uh, beautiful words um um aimed at 
uh, worshipping and praising the gods. So the praise and worship was used to channel um, the communication between human beings and the gods. Today we have a lot of valuable information that is available for everyone to access. We live in the time where information is available. It is not hidden. And it is not hidden because it is not part of a religion or part of an agenda <clears throat> that need uh, information to be hidden in order to sustain a narrative or to uh, continue uh, with a system. It is available because it is part of history. Um, there is a website called Forgot Forgotten Books. I encourage you to go to that website. It's got millions of books that are available. Um, I think you subscribe for a, an amount of maybe less than 200 a month. And you can download as many books as you want. And you can learn, you know. This records, they have hymns and prayers uh, composed by ancient people in order to praise and worship the gods. They used prayers to present requests to the gods. They used worship and rituals to soften the gods and secure favor from them. It was interesting to see that the hymns um, that were used um, by ancient people, they are similar to the hymns and prayers that are still used in various religions. When one looks at some of the attributes given to God Yahweh, they have resemblance with the attributes given to some of the ancient gods of Egypt. Um, there are many hymns um, that were created by ancient Egyptians and other hymns were created by other countries for their gods. There is one in particular that is used for the sun god Ra that I will mention. I've selected just few paragraphs to show you how human beings invented some of the attributes of the gods. The god Ra was given a status of a god above gods, similar to many other gods who were given a status above other gods, including God Yahweh. The phrases that is used in the hymn for this god include words like thou art one among the gods by reason of his seasons. Thou art the beautiful bull of company of the gods. Thou art the chief of all the gods. Thou art the Lord of Mart and the father of many nations. The phrases uh, such as you are Lord of Lords or you are God above gods, um, they're very common um, in the Christian uh, religion. We have many worship songs that include this kind of phrases. 
um, we we use them, we sing um, worship songs uh, with these phrases without understanding the origin of these words, uh, without knowing that they were used uh, to indicate that the God that has been worshipped has proven uh, to be a greater God above other gods, meaning the gods that I've been talking about um, in all my episodes um, about the gods. So what would happen is when these um, countries went to war, they carried with them the idols of their gods. And uh, some of those gods were dedicated for war. They were gods that were believed to be behind the the wars and to be behind the ability of nations to win the wars. So when they go to war and any country that wins the war, they would then believe that they won because of their God. They won because their God was powerful. And automatically, they will elevate that God above other gods. They will elevate um, their deity uh, above others because they won the war. And I, I understand that some countries would go to an extent of stealing uh, the gods that were with um, countries that won thinking that if they had those gods within their, uh, amongst themselves, they will win wars. So as a result of these gods winning wars, they were given the new status of being gods above gods, of being lord above lords. They would include that in their praise and worship songs. And the concept or the words or the phrase Lord of Lords is in particular used for the gods that were assigned to manage or to oversee the cities. So each country will have a city or a country or village um, and, and, and assign uh, various gods to those cities. And that God would automatically uh, be given the status of a Lord, right? So again, you will find that there were gods that were believed to be above the lords of other countries. So when you sing uh, a worship song with the phrase Lord of Lords, you are in fact referring to a God that was assigned to oversee or that was assigned to be a god of a city or a god of a village. And we sing this without knowing, with, we sing this without understanding the history of religion. I, I, I hope that you will go and read and understand what you are talking about. Um. The, the other uh, hymns that we sang included phrases like Holy God, Lord of the Gods, King, 
King of Kings, beautiful prince, majesty, mighty, powerful. The gods tremble at thy feet when they recognize you. Adorations to be thee, the Lord of eternity and maker of everlasting. These are some of the words that we used to worship the gods. And if you look at the worship songs that are sung by Christians and even some Bible verses, you can see the similarities and you begin to understand why these phrases we're using. Now you are getting context of how did this um, words come into existence? What was happening when they composed this words? They just didn't wake up and start writing songs. It was because of what they were observing. It was because of the qualities that they believe were carried by these gods. Um, so it was also a simple act of faith that was being portrayed by those who were worshiping when they give these gods um, these attributes, you know, some of those things were simply because of what they believe the gods will do and uh, they would write it down as an attribute. Um, if they believe that a god is all-knowing, they would write that down and it becomes part of a worship song. If they believe that the god is a creator of all things, heaven and earth, they will write it down and it becomes part of a worship and song. And that um, recording of the uh, worship song, it automatically or over time becomes part of the attributes of the gods. And you find people today thinking that, oh, God is all-knowing. God is this and that, not realizing that it was part of the composition of worship songs that ancient people felt they should add in honor of their God. There's one paragraph in particular in the hymn of uh, God Ra, the God uh, of the sun. Thou maketh the color of the skin of one race to be different from that of another. But however many may be the varieties of mankind, it is thou who makest them all to live. You see, you listen to this. It's just human being uh, portraying their own understanding of the gods and believing that the gods uh, did this in the process of creation. So just like the, uh, the creation myth, it was about the gods. It was about uh, ancient people imagining their, uh, 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 how creation came into being and putting it down. And if you read Genesis, in fact, you realize that. Um, so this is an example of how human beings created characteristics of gods, including Yahweh. Um, all interesting. Also interesting is the character which portrays uh, Ra as the creator who ordered creation to come forth by mere utterance. At whose utterance the gods come into being and food is created. Shefu food is made and all things which are common into being. A very good example of how myths were used by ancient people to describe the mystery of creation 
They lacked the advanced technology to understand the building blocks of creation and that creation took millions of years to be what it is now. We see a similar character described in Genesis, which state that, and God said, let there be light, let there be darkness and so forth. It was common knowledge at that time that things were created by God's, by simple utterance of words. The representation of Yahweh's ability to create by utterance is not a unique attribute to Yahweh. It was believed by many ancient countries that the gods used words to create. And the hymns include paragraphs that show conception of characteristics of gods through declarations. In this case, the subjects of gods are simply stating what they desire to manifest from the gods. To highlight a few, one paragraph states that thou hearest the prayer of him that is oppressed. Thou art kind of heart unto him that calleth upon thee. Thou deliverest him that is afraid from him that is violent of heart. And thou judge between the strong and the weak. Over time, these characteristics became the unchanging characteristics of God Yahweh. And we have known to believe they became, yes. This is the kind of language that they used to invoke and manifest a desirable character from gods. The hymns also show the concept of fire used against the devil, the usage of the symbol lion. So you, you, you can see if you read the conception of gods, if you read how our ancestors um, approached life, their thinking and so forth, you will learn, you will appreciate the journey of evolution. You will understand the journey of invention, the journey of growth and development, and you will find it easy for you to pause and say, okay, I understand. This is what they were trying to figure out. And I'm in a better position to do better. I'm in a better position to invent and come up with new ways. I am not obliged to worship. I'm not obliged to always feel like I should lift up my hands and say, thou art worthy, thou art holy. Because this were simple words that were used for the gods. This way, uh, beautiful words that were used to appease the God, to invoke the energy of the gods, to um, create that beautiful communication channel between human beings and gods. So we are not created to worship. We are not created to bow down. It was just a way of ancestors to communicate with the gods who they believed were powerful. And let us remember they were the ones who elevated these gods to the supreme position. They elevated these gods and felt that they should create a better way of communicating with these gods. You are powerful. You are power. You can do exceedingly abundantly above what you can think of. You are a creator. And I think... This for me was a programming code that I had to unlock 
to start believing that, oh my goodness, I am a creator. I don't need to worship. I don't need to bow down. I don't need to follow the rules that are created by religion. I am a free human being. I can use my mind to create however I want. I speak things into existence. I manifest things into existence. I hope that through this series of the gods, you are able to switch on the light and start becoming the creator that you are meant to be. And I felt that I should discuss this concept of the gods so that you're able to grasp chapter one of principles and tools of creation because I just start by telling people that they're creators and uh, some people will not grasp that knowledge until they understand the concept of gods. I encourage you to go and read and study. Uh, there's a lot of material. There's a lot of information that is available for free for you to enlighten yourself, for you to empower and free yourself from indoctrination and connect to the creator from within and manifest the creator without being influenced by any religion out there. So uh, I'm excited that we did this series. I hope it has changed your life. I hope it has started the process of changing your life. So in the next episode, I want to focus on the individual characteristics of the God's consciousness and how those characteristics are affecting us as human being, human beings. And I'm also going to focus on the impact of religion on African people. I'm going to talk about the trauma that is caused by religion on African people, how religion has made it difficult for Africans to manifest their ability to create, to manifest their ability to use their power. I'm going to talk about how we can heal from the trauma that was created by religion. And I look forward to the next chapters. Until then, um, uh, enjoy and be happy and be positive.